0: No more doll blades, and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount
1: code NATION30, that's nation O N three zero for 30% off of your purchase. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience So hold on tight, because here we go. I'm running out of creative intros, so I'm just going to say, hey everybody, welcome to the show. My name's John Hutsmith, and I'm glad you're here. A lot of things cooking, uh, including the weather outside, nice and hot. But uh, man, you can just, you can feel that a change is about to happen. I know we're about to go into August, which is probably one of the hottest months of the year, but uh, you can, it just seems like season is getting close. Like, you know, all the Instagram feed is kind of shifting, like turkeys are a thing of the past. Everybody's got their, you know, their summer projects, their trail cam photos, bucks are starting to show up and, and uh, I actually got my first Cell so cam photo of a buck. It wasn't a very big one, but it was a buck. You know, had antlers, and so that was pretty exciting for me. It's just a just a quick little snapshot of what is to come. And so I don't know about you guys, but I am so ready for fall. Like this week, it's kind of really hit me. Like the the off season slump is kind of you know shaking off. This week, I caught myself not just like dreaming of deer season, but Getting specific, Uh, like I was looking at my calendar, be like, "Oh yeah, like this weekend, I'm probably gonna be in this stand, and I I hope it gets cold here and this and that." And so, like, like the off season is adios. Like, I'm ready for fall. I'm ready for this season, and I hope you guys are too. So, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting close. So, hope everybody's getting prepared. I am headed out this weekend. Uh, I I have the entire weekend from Friday afternoon to Sunday to do nothing but deer hunting stuff or just hunting stuff in general. So going to be setting up some new setups. I'm going to be checking on some old setups. I posted a picture, uh, what would be last week now of, um, some stand straps that were all, you know, shredded and about to break and stuff that type of stuff, guys, you need to be on top of it. Make sure you check all your straps on your stands. Make sure you have your bow hangers, your ropes, uh, all your ladders, your climbing gear, your safety harness, be getting that stuff dialed guys, because before you know it, deer season's going to be here. so that's the type of things I'm going to be doing this weekend. I do have one setup that I hope to move a little ways. Um, but other than that, a lot of it's just going to be kind of, kind of check work, um, you know it's too early to be planting food plots especially down here where we live you know if you're in the midwest i know people like to plant their food plots in like mid to late august but uh that just doesn't work down here we're not the midwest it is still scorching hot and very little rain most likely this year we've had a lot of these you know summer rains which has been kind of nice But uh, but you can't count on that. And so, you know, we're not quite to the food plot part yet. You know, it's not quite time to fill feeders and do all that stuff, but it is time to get your stands ready, get your setups kind of finalized, figure out where you're going to enter and exit and all that good stuff. So so that's my goal for this weekend. Just kind of mark off some of those random weird things, you know, make sure I have my bow hangers and my ropes and all that good stuff. So so that's what I have planned this weekend. Um this intro is gonna be pretty short because we got a nice long podcast today. Uh reached out to a guy by the name of Joshua Garut. And uh Joshua is an Oklahoma native. Um he'll get into all that but he in the last couple of years he's spent a lot of time in Kansas and Iowa, mostly Kansas though um, chasing whitetails on the ground. And so I reached out to him and he, you know, just looking at his Instagram page, he, you know, was a, a waterfowl guy, a hog hunter, deer hunter, you know, just everything outside. But uh, I asked him what his true passion was. And he said his true passion was chasing whitetails on the ground. And so that's what we talk about. Man, you can just tell he has a lot of experience doing it. He does a great job articulating it. And, uh, and yeah, we we have a great conversation. I asked some good questions, some things that I've always wondered about. And, uh, and man, if you've ever, ever had the urge to shoot a buck off the ground, this is the podcast for you. So I had a great time doing the interview. Again, Josh was super informative. So I hope you guys enjoy this one Uh, real quick before we get into it. Continue to share my social media pages, please. Um, I love getting messages and comments and likes from you guys. So, uh, yeah, keep sharing that. And I think that's about it for my end. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Josh Garut. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. Uh, I am talking to Josh Garut. How you doing, Josh? I'm
0: doing good. How are you doing, John?
1: I'm doing good. Did I get the name right? You sure did. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Josh, before we get going here, why don't you uh, just tell everybody who you are and where you live, and uh, and then we'll get started.
0: Well, as you said, my name is Josh Garut. Um, I'm 35, 36. Uh, kind of lose track once you get that old. <laughs> uh, I'm from actually from Fort Gibson, Oklahoma. I live in Muskogee now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a transmission power lineman here in Oklahoma. Nice. And uh, I got a passion for chasing whitetail with a bow, so.
1: Awesome, awesome. And judging by your uh, Instagram, you got a passion for a lot of other things, too.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of my problem. I kind of like to do it all. <laughs> I can't just, it's hard for me to just focus on one thing, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of all over the place at all yeah. different parts of the season.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, when you, you know, check the weather and you see a cold front coming, how do you decide whether you're going to go deer hunting or duck hunting?
0: I only chase ducks in pretty much now in December. I don't do gotcha. anything. In November, is all, all deer, is all deer
1: for me. Gotcha. I'm the same way. Ducks usually kind of have to wait till I'm either tagged out or the season's over. And a lot of times I don't exactly. tag out till about January 8th. And so <laughs> the ducks get the short end of the stick.
0: Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, I, I found you through Instagram and reached out to you and, and we've been talking a little bit and get to know each other and you said you'd come on the podcast and, and when I was kind of talking about, uh, or talking with you about what you're really passionate about, you said your true passion is chasing whitetails on the ground, like you mentioned earlier. So that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, you know, I think this is something that's becoming a lot more popular. And recently, you know, we got the, uh, whitetail adrenaline guys and the hunting public guys. And, um, I've been getting a little bit more into it kind of out of necessity. I started, you know, looking into some public land stuff about three years ago and, uh, kind of a mixture of one, just not wanting to carry a stand and two, finding a tree to get in once I got to where I was looking to hunt. Without, you know, being able to clear a whole bunch of shooting lanes, it just made it difficult. And so, when you said that was your passion and what you'd like to talk about, I was, I was all ready to go. And so, um so, why don't you just kinda, I, you know, I guess what I hope to get out of this conversation is just kinda get your process, you know, how you do it, what you're looking for, uh, how you go about it. And so, I'm kinda just gonna give you the reins. And, uh, and so, uh, you, you do most of this in Kansas, correct?
0: uh yes yes i do most of it's in kansas um Mm -hmm.
1: pretty much how i got
0: started i guess i kind of start start that way because i did a lot of stand hunting Mm -hmm. before in kansas and then like as you mentioned whitetail adrenaline i started watching their videos probably five years ago four or five years ago my buddy got me hooked on them started watching them and i'm like i want to do that and like we talked about it never did it and we missed the iowa draw and um so we, And Candace had some leftover tags, and we put in for those leftover tags some units we've never been to. And then, so that's kind of how I got into it. That year, we're like, we're going to spot and stop. We've never been here. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to know Chancey with White Hill Adrenaline. He came down. I was fishing a tournament. Um, mm-hmm. hooked up with him. He stayed with me for that whole week and got to know him. And he's an awesome guy, and we got to share some stories. But watching him do it and stuff is kind of where I wanted to do it, his passion to drive and how, watching him. So that made me want to do it now i have that passion drive doing that but um now since i know that i know the areas it's a little bit easier for me um the last three years it, it, it started out pretty hard and and um the first year we did it we didn't kill one my dad killed one in a stand hunting he killed a big one that we were after but i mean i missed one i missed uh one of the biggest deer I've ever shot at on the ground at 20 yards with a decoy um <laughs> My buddy missed one on film. It was awesome. He hit a milo stock. So, (laughs) I mean, I mean, what are the odds of hitting a milo stock? I mean, Mm -hmm. slim to none. So, I mean, that was bad luck. And then we ended up shooting one. um, Got a complete pass through. The buck turned on him as we shot, and we blood everywhere, and he just disappeared like a ghost in thin air. So, Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, we had our
0: chances that year to kill one. But so, I mean, we looked online, uh, e-scouting through OnX, and we kind of, looked at, you know, some areas that had some cuts and draws in it, and we kind of marked marked everything off on our on our list on our phone, and we just kind of started driving it all, and we would we would glass it and look in the mornings and evenings, and uh, kind of getting a feel, kind of where we wanted to be our home base, where we're going to stay at, and we kind of went from there. We can mm-hmm. start marking stuff off the off our maps, so there's nothing really here, nothing here, just looks good, you know, we're seeing deer here, and that's kind of how how we do it now. Now how I do it is is I go to the unit and I already have some areas that I want to look at and pretty much I may go 10 days and not even put a stock stock on a deer. I mean, it's, <laughs> it gets kind of frustrating at times, but I mean, if you keep it up, you're eventually going to catch a buck right where he needs to be at. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of driving, man, just a lot yeah. of driving in your mats and glasses, mm-hmm. a lot of glass time. I mean, that's, that's pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's.
1: Now, when you, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, e-scouting and using your maps and stuff. When you go to check one of those spots out, um, I mean, are you just kind of driving by it and glassing it? Or will you actually, you know, get out of the vehicle and go walk around a little bit and see if it's worth sticking around?
0: Man, no, I really don't get out and do a lot of walking mm-hmm. cause, because the more ground I can cover, mm-hmm. the faster I'm going to catch a buck up with a doe. Cause they're, I mean, a lot of times on I'm there, that's in the rut and they're with doe or they're looking for dough, doe. They're coming mm-hmm. off the doe looking for a doe. Mm-hmm. And so, as much ground as I can cover, uh, as fast as I'm going to do, I'm going to spend some time glassing it over an area mm-hmm. if it's a pretty big area. I'm going to, you know, and I've seen deer. I'm going to spend some time there, picking, trying to pick stuff apart, and also, my nice set to a spot for two or three hours before I move. You know, I'm glassing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, real quick before we get too far, like when you're when you're e scouting. What are you looking for? Are you looking for timber or, you know, CRP fields? Like, are you, or, you know, basically I'm saying, are you looking for cover? Are you looking for food? Uh, you know, what's, what sticks out to you?
0: Man, no, like depending on, depending on like what you're trying to do and what you're trying to hunt. Now, if I'm, if I'm tree stand hunting, it's a little bit different than what I'm, what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do, like as far as spotting stalking. So I'm just going to stay with the spot and stockings is kind of what we're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm. So for
0: that, I'm just looking for – I'm not looking for really for any timber at all. I'm like – and, like, you really can't tell on the maps if it's going to be CRP or not because mm-hmm. if they have the land issued in CRP, the program, they have to cut it every five years. So mm-hmm. it may be CRP one year and you get back up there and it's not CRP and it's going to throw your game off. It's going to – the deer are going to be doing something totally different. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I'm looking for draws and dranges in, in fields and are just on the land. You know, it might not be any trees there, but it could have a big draw in it
2: mm-hmm
0: And and those deer, you, you surprise, man. You you it looks flat. You take off walking out there, and it's going to be a five foot ditch that that might go a hundred yards.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then them deer will get in those ditches, and that's where they'll bed out of that wind and stuff. They'll just disappear there, and they'll run those, and they'll be like dry creek beds. You look for creek beds on there, dry creek beds. Them deer will get in them creek beds, and they'll run miles in them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that's okay. that's how they travel out there. They just disappear. They're ghosts, man. Mm-hmm. They get in that tall CRP, and a lot of those fields will have. um if they're crop fields, a lot of them have like a, uh, those, uh, berms in there, mm-hmm. terraces in Terrors. there. to kind of yeah. stop the water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes they're let go and they're putting that CRP. So, I mean, that, that's, that's super thick on top of that. So, in between those, those deer can hide in there and run, and they run those.
2: Hmm.
0: Gotcha. But during the rut, man, you mean, that's what I look for? But once you start driving around, you'll kind of, you can kind of see where the deer, even like when you see them on private, you can kind of see like what they're hanging to
2: mm-hmm. in that
0: area. And then you can kind of look for that for the public as well.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now let's say you, you know, check out one of your spots and you don't see any deer or, you know, don't see a buck that, uh, is shooter worthy. Will you ever come back to that spot or are you just kind of on to the next one?
0: Well, that's kind of, that's kind of tricky. Um, mm-hmm. If the, area is, if the area has a lot of activity as far as doe and stuff in there, and there's bucks in there, I will come back by there and I will check it out because eventually there's going to be a big boy in there. He may just be, mm-hmm. and he may just be, he may be bedded down right now with a doe. And he's going to come in. If you see a small buck with a doe, nine out of ten times he's not going to keep that doe for very long. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's times if, now if all the big bucks are bedded down because sometimes they get to where everybody everything's locked down, mm-hmm. and you will see some small bucks with does, but. But if there's a, a big concentration of dough in an area, that's where I'm going to stick. I'm going to be coming by that area quite a bit mm-hmm. because eventually there's gonna, them big boys are going to be in there coming and we would want to pick one of them dough out and take it to where he wants to go, where he wants to go hold her up at. Gotcha, gotcha. So.
1: Sweet. All right, so let's say you're driving around and, and you spot one of the big boys. Take us through that. What do you, What's going through your mind?
0: <laughs> the, first, the first thing on my mind is, okay is this public and is, if it's not on public how far away is public
2: because
0: mm-hmm. a lot of times when i do spot them they're pretty close to public where they're going to be on them and they're not always on them so sometimes i might have if he's really close and they're kind of heading that way i will i will stay back because sometimes man if you if you get right up on them they're going to get spoody, they're going to get flighty and they're going to you're going to see them he's there and i'll stop running for 10 miles mm-hmm. so i stay back and i watch him him and her usually, you know, he's not really paying attention. It's usually her you got to worry about. And if you say say he's on public, he's on public. So the first thing he's on public, I'm watching is the wind, and I'm watching what they're doing. Are they fixing the bed or are they or are they walking? You know, and if they're walking, I'm watching. I'm watching to where they're gonna go. Or you know, I'm thinking in it, trying to be trying to outthink them. You know, because they're okay. She's going here. She's probably gonna bed right here. So if she beds here, how's the wind gonna be? you know and where can i come in from that's kind of what i'm trying to do in advance so i'm already kind of a, a step ahead of them you know they're not You know, obviously they don't know that i'm after them but mm-hmm. so let's say i see him bed once i see him bed then i'm trying to plan how i can get to him without getting busted by you know is there smaller bucks with them is there is there a couple satellite bucks that he's running off around because usually there's going to be a couple satellite bucks So that's something you got to watch out for as well, and plan your you know sneaking into them through that. But um, so that and the wind and like uh, and a lot of times if they bed pretty early, like say you see one one bed around like eight or nine, Mm
2: -hmm. I usually
0: will wait till I can. I'll watch him and I'll let they'll stand up about they'll stand up before noon and then they'll go bed again at noon and then that's when they're going to be there for a while and that's Mm -hmm. that's when I'll make my move.
1: Gotcha. I've heard that before, but I mean, Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say, but like a lot of times, I mean, there's there's been times to where early in the morning, like, you know, they're in some thick cover, and I see where they're moving to. I I'm, I'll try to get around them, get in front of them and try to intercept them. Mm-hmm. And then like you know, with a decoy or you know, and like or I know where they're gonna go at. I can get close to him and try to get in on them. And I've and I've um I've shot a couple of deer doing that, not not stalking while they're bedded, just getting in front of them and get between, getting in between him and his doe. Mm-hmm. And and that's when he comes. That's when he comes to me. Gotcha. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different ways you can play it and it's, it, it's a learning game, man. Like yeah. it's knowing what to, knowing what to do at what time is, is it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever be able to know what to do at what time. Cause I mean, it's just, there's just, I mean, it, there's just, there's so many things that can happen, can go wrong right. and it's just so much unexpected stuff. It's unreal.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like this is a good time for this question. You know, you're talking about sometimes they move, sometimes they don't. Um, you know, if you watch him bed and you're making your move, are how willing are you to lose sight of that buck and for how long? You know, if are you do you mind just running around a hill real quick? Or, you know, if, if you have to, will you lose sight of him for an hour while you go around a couple county roads and coming from the other side? Uh how do you play through that?
0: Man, I don't. I don't really like to lose sight of him. I like to. I like to keep my eyes on him because there's so much stuff that can happen that you wouldn't even think that would happen. That I that I've found out over the years and just the last few years of doing this. So I, I if I lose, if I lose sight, it's not for very long. I try mm-hmm. to get to where I can, where I can see, him or or if I can't see him, where I'm coming, I can see like the general area he's bedded. If he stands, that I'll be able to see him or her. But for the most part I like to be able to see him at all times or see that general area at all times. And like if I lose sight just for like four or five minutes, you know, at a time, I don't for an hour or two I don't I don't like mm-hmm. I don't like to um lose sight for that long because there's mm-hmm. too much that can
2: happen.
1: Gotcha. I, that just popped another question into my mind here. So, you know, if if you're saying you like to be able to see them, how much are you worried about their eyes, you know, about them being able to see you? Um you know, is it is it just a matter of kind of staying low? You know, do you, are you walking, you know, let's say you're a mile away, you know, are you walking upright or even at a mile away, are you still being cautious and keeping down?
0: No, I'm still, because more than likely, she's not going to be paying attention to anything else. She's mm-hmm. going to be kind of watching him a little bit. And, and, you know, if he's not really bugging her, he's got his eyes on her and he's looking, he's looking for other bucks. Because that's the main thing mm-hmm. is that I found out is, We'll sit on a deer for an hour and a half, waiting for him to stand up. And then a small buck will come in. And when when that small buck comes in, he stands up, and she just she'll just bolt. And so then they're all just then they all just take off And So I mean, it may have taken us two or three hours to get in there close enough for, for us waiting for him to stand up. And then when they they do stand up, and another hour and a half sitting there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's half that's all, your day's gone pretty much. Yeah. And you know, it's just like bummer, man. Like I mean, like should we grunt at him? Do you throw something to get him to stand up? I mean. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, those bucks, there's tons of bucks looking for dough. So them small buck comes in there. I mean, it's, I mean, that four hours is gone. Just bam, just like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I like to, I like to keep my eyes on them as much as possible. And like, I stay, I stay, I stay pretty low. Now mm-hmm. I do stay depending If if they're above me or or below me, and if there's some ditches I can get in, I will get in those ditches and I will, and like, I will lose, if I lose sight, when I lose sight, I'm covering the ground. I'm moving. Mm-hmm. I'm unhooking a trailer i'm i'm ripping through there trying to get as fast as i can around there to where i can get get back to where i can get eyes on him to where i need to be at like i'm moving pretty quick gotcha so i try to i try to i try to set up to where i can get in ditches Mm -hmm. and then dranges and and i can move around real fast and get around and then like when i know like if i'm gonna have to cross an open spot i'll be i'll be bailing it and if it takes me an hour to get across there it takes me an hour to get across there i'm doing I'm, i'm checking the wind at all times and I'm just, I'm moving as fast as I can, but as slow and steady as I can, if that makes sense.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, I was just curious how much you uh, were worried about being seen through all this, you know. Oh, I'm deal, yeah. I know wind yeah, is going to be a big deal, but yeah, I know mean, wind is going to be a big deal. I was just curious how the sight played into it.
0: Well, like the wind, like that's the main thing. Like I don't like um, – as far as sink control, I wear almost the same clothes every day.
2: Mm-hmm. Every day.
0: I wear about the same the same outer clothes every day. I'll change, like, my underwear and socks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But for the most part, like, the same pants and the same top I wear every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I'll spray down with that big buff runner um, that Chancey makes. Chancey mm-hmm. Walters, he makes that. I, I, I spray down with that. It's a cedar spray. Um, a lot of cedars up there in Kansas. So, I mean, it works out perfect. I, I wear that. But for the most part, man, if the wind's not right, you're i mean you're just you're wasting your time you need to you have to wait you have to wait i don't care how big the deer is you have to wait for the right wind or you will not get in bow range with him Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not going to happen i mean you're going to blow the doe out of there and -hmm. they're going to run a country
1: mile and you're not going to you'll never see that deer again probably Mm -hmm. i mean it's
0: just you have the wind is key in everything man
1: yeah i was going to ask that too uh just from you know my experience elk hunting like You know, my first time elk hunting in Idaho, coming from, you know, whitetail state, you know, I had washed my clothes and I had, you know, scent spray and all that good stuff. And I was all worried about, you know, scent control. And it, you know, I figured out real quick that just, it's impossible to keep yourself from sweating when you're hunting like this, when you're on the ground, you know, moving around, walking around, maybe covering miles in a day. um, And so I I was going to ask you about that, that, you know, basically... I mean, you could almost say scent controls out the window. Um, I I have had yeah, a, yeah. I do like Chancey's product. You know, I love the the cover scent with the cedars and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I, yeah. I I think that can help. But but really, when it comes down to it, in this type of hunting, you're really just having to play the wind. Exactly. I mean,
0: you can spray down all you want to. I mean, because I mean, I'm in my truck all day, mm-hmm. every day. You know, for however long it takes me to kill, I take off pretty much all in November. So depending on how long it takes me to kill, mm-hmm. which it usually it's been averaging about. Um, about 10 to 13 days is about what I spend up there, you know, um, and I've prepared to stay about 20. Hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I'm in and out of my truck all day long. I mean, you got those gas fumes on you, man, you go and you stop in a convenience store running and get something, bite to eat real quick. I mean, it's just, it's almost impossible. I'm not going to change clothes and get back in. You probably could, Mm -hmm. but I mean. I'm not going to. I, I, you have to play the wind. It just doesn't matter. You cannot keep – I mean, you can't keep everything off of you. Yeah. I mean, your breath – for instance, like your breath and stuff, man. I mean, you can't – It's. I mean, you can't – I mean, they're going to smell that no matter what. I mean, you got your mint toothpaste and stuff. It's going to be out of the ordinary. I mean, I feel like they can smell that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, if you can't play the wind, just don't. Just walk, watch him. Sit there and watch him. I mean, mm-hmm. you can – if he goes somewhere, you can see him. Maybe he'll get up in bed again or – he may get up and run another buck off, and he, she, may only, she may only go 20 yards, but she may, may go the 20 yards you need, need her to where them will be at, to where mm-hmm. you can sneak in around behind them.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I
0: mean, yeah, sense a big deal. Yeah. Playing the wind is major.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, with your wind, this is another question I had. Um,. You know, I, there's all kinds of theories on how bucks bed with the wind, you know, at their back or face or all that. You know, I think most people would agree that deer typically like to bed with wind coming over their back and they're kind of looking downwind. Um, I'm sorry, upwind. What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess what I'm asking, you know, where do you like the wind to be? Do you like a straight wind? Are you trying to come in at a quartering wind? Uh, how does that come? Or is it just, you know, whatever you can get?
0: man it it really doesn't matter long as I, long as the the route that I have that I've spotted where I need to get to they have my shot the best shot and as long as the wind's not blowing at my back into his face mm-hmm. and I can get there I'm I'm fine with that like this this past year 2020 the deer that I that I was after that I ended up shooting um we I had a crosswind
2: mm-hmm.
0: which me going to the deer when was coming from my left or right kind of you know crossed my face and how I came in, I mean, I was, I was, I was a fine line with the wind. I was, I, I had a good wind that was, it was blowing across me.
2: Mm-hmm. As
0: long as they stayed where they were at, I was fine. And I got within. I had to do some belly crawling, like I said, and I got into some ditches, and I was able to run down these ditches, and I had to belly crawl across one open finger, um, kind of the way they were facing. I was able to get across that, and I got within like. When I got to where I wanted to get, where I needed to get, um, I think I raised up, and he was. What I could range, he's in CRP, so it's kind of hard for my rangefinder to pick it up. But mm-hmm. I picked up a clump, and it was about 40 yards. Well, as soon as I squatted back down, the doe stands up, and she comes right to me at like 10 yards, and then he's right behind mm-hmm. her. and he, He's probably 15 yards from me, but he's he's kind of to my left at 15 yards, and he's I'm kind of below him. He's just looking over the top of me
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, just looking in this bottom. But, so the doe's in front of me. I can see her, and she's walking from my left to right with the wind. And uh he finally turns and follows her and I stand up and she's downwinding me. She she didn't smell me. I stand up and I shoot him at like ten, fifteen yards. Mm. And and uh, of course that I mean we see that's a whole other story on that on that deer. I mean that's a what happened with that. I mean it was I've never experienced anything like that. I ended up uh, I double lunged him, but he lived the whole twenty four hours and I had to sneak up on him the next day and shoot him again. So I mean that's that's mm. a pretty crazy story in itself.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, when those things but, get yeah. Going yeah well that's the, that's the thing um he
0: didn't i shot him he didn't know what hit him he he took like he probably ran like 20 yards and stopped and he was looking for his doe and he kind of walked mm-hmm. and so like he never ran and i got to doing some research after you know how all this went down i was just baffled because when i you know gutted him in my shot placement I, I double lunged him but i got to reading like when deer run from a from a, a lung shot they die because of the oxygen flow loss. Loss of oxygen to the brain hmm. when they don't exert that energy running they can kind of they can keep their they can keep uh, breathing keep hmm. their their wits about them yeah so that's how he was able to he was able to live 24 hours and I was able to, he didn't he didn't go for it you know but yeah. it was it was a, a long night that night let's just
2: say yeah. that
1: yeah that's interesting that kind of happened to me this year the the second buck I shot he went I double lunged him and he made it like 400 yards or something like that. Uh, but he, yep. he wasn't running just like you said, he was kind of, you know, I, I watched him kind of trot off and, uh, huh. so anyway, all right. <laughs> so, sorry, I got us off track there for a second. No, um, all right. so I, I feel like I've been asking a lot of questions and kind of interrupting you, but I, I want to take a step back and kind of let you just kind of, kind of go through your process. So let's go back to where you got a buck spotted. You're in your truck. Um, just kind of walk us through the process from, you know, what you do in the truck to the time you're pulling the trigger.
0: Okay. So, okay. I spotted deer. I got him spotted. He's with the doe and they're, they're walking. So first thing I'm doing is I'm, I got my spot and scope up. I got my phone so scope on him. Out. I'm just, I just, for most part, I'll just watch him for a little while. I'm just watching, seeing what they're doing, how he's acting. Is he aggressive? Is there other bucks around in the area? You know, that's, that's the main thing when I'm doing, just watching him, watching how he's acting, I'm watching how she's acting or is she on, they're both on alert or if they're they like, are they on alert or just, Eden Millen, so that's 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 the main thing. I'll watch them for a little while, and I, and I got my maps pulled up as well, and I'm watching to see, you know, if they're in the, you know, if they're going to be going off public or if they're on a huge build deal of public. So I know that he's not going to go off there. I'm not worried about it. So that's my process. I start right off the bat, and then once I see them bed, and like I said, if they bed early, I'm gonna, just going to watch them. I'm not even going to try make a move usually because I know sometimes it usually takes me about. Couple hours just to get down into position, just going slow, especially if there's no wind. But you, you need wind to to be able to sneak up and get close. I mean, you're just gonna. Have, I mean, it's just impossible, really, with that. Especially if they're in tall grass. So that's my next thing. I'm watching the wind. What's the wind going to be doing when they bed? when's the wind going to be doing? How fast is it going to be blowing? Um, is it going to be picking up? Stuff like that. Is it going to be switching? If it is going to be switching, you know. What time is it going to start switching, and then where's it going to be out of? And then once I have all that figured out, figured out, and I'm watching that, you, a lot of times they'll get up and they'll move again, two or three times, and then you know when they say that around like ten thirty to about noon, that's when I'll usually start <clears throat> start my stock. And once I have my route picked out, I and mean, that's when it starts, man. I, I know where I'll kind of have some marks, you know, I'll mark some field stuff out there because. Once I leave my vantage point, I'm not gonna have really good eyes on him, but I'll be able to know right where he's at. For the most part, the general area, but a lot of times I can't actually physically see the deer. I just know right where he's at when they're bedded. When they're bedded, so like I'll have if I if I can then maybe like an old fence post out there or like an old stump or just like just anything out there that where I can mark. Okay, he's he's right in line with this right here. I need to get to this little clear spot right here. That's where I need to be at. So that's what I'm focused on. How can I get to that? And may my wind not be messing me up. So then, once I get my route, and then that's it. May take me two or three hours to get there. I don't get in a hurry. I just go slow because I know they're gonna be bed there till right before dark. You know, mm-hmm. so I got four or five hours to get there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And usually, when I get there, it's gonna be another two or three hour wait. And that's just I'm waiting for him to stand up. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the tricky part. Once he stands up, because I mean, you're sitting there. Say you're Say you get there. It took you two hours to get there, and you're sitting there. And you're like, okay, now what I do, (laughs) I've I've thrown, I've thrown rocks trying to get the deer to stand up. And once the rocks hit, the doe just bolts, like Mm. just bolts out of there, gone. You know, I've had that happen. I've tried grunting and they just bolt, Mm. gone. Um, I've had bucks come in there. Bucks just come in there and small bucks and they just, they just take off running multiple times make you mad i mean it's just (laughs) very very frustrating you spent three hours trying to get get there get in position and you're sitting there an hour ready to go Mm
2: -hmm. and then all
0: of a sudden a small buck comes in there and they're just gone um there's one time we were we were snuck in and a buddy snuck in on a big deer it was probably like a 165 170 and we snuck there was another buck bedded a satellite buck bedded and we snuck right past him at 20 yards crawling Mm -hmm. and we get within like 40 yards of this deer and we've watched this deer for like three hours, been in there for like three hours on our, on, you know, just laying on our bellies and like some water and stuff, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: for no apparent reason. This, the buck's up, he's walking, he lays back down, we can see the doe, we can see everything, you know, we're perfect, you gotta, I mean, we have a plan. The doe just, the doe just jumps up and just takes off running, mm. just for no reason at all. And there ended up being like three or four of the bucks that were bedded in there that we couldn't see, mm. um, and they all just took off after you know, we didn't see him the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, man. You may see a deer and you see him one day and he may be, you may, you probably never see him again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's one thing you got to be careful is if you got a buck that you absolutely want to kill, you better make sure you got your I's dotted and your T's crossed when you're mm-hmm. getting in there because if, if they're, you bump them there, you may never see them again. And that's the thing, man. You get in there close like that, then it's just a waiting game. Yeah. I mean, you, the thing starts playing in your head. You've been there an hour and a half. Okay. Do I, do I try to make him move and stand up in the shooting? I mean, is a small buck going to come in and run him off? Is is the wind going to you know, swirl on me off for some reason, or is mm-hmm. it going to switch? I mean, you're just playing all the stuff in your head, like what do you, you like, what, what do I do? What do what do I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I say there's no right, really right thing to do, because I mean, sometimes grunting will work if the buck's super aggressive and you see that he's aggressive and he's running the small bucks off and stuff. You could take your decoy and get in close and grunt or do a snort wheeze. More than likely, he's more than likely he's going to come to you or stand up, come figure check you out, you know, and you're going to be able to get a shot. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's why it's big to watch the deer and how they're acting. If they're already on high alert, I mean, you don't really want to because any little small something out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. they're going to take off and go. If they're especially if they're on high alert, if they've been bumped somewhere else or a truck, you know, cross the road and the truck about hit them or whatever, they're going to be on high alert. Or I've had deer I've been watching. They see my truck and she's just watching my truck. You know, I'm still a mile away. She's watching me. I'm like, well, heck, you know, like there's nothing I can do, so I'll leave, or I'll circle around, and you know, and try to come in from a different way where I can get eyes on them, where she don't see me. So that's another big thing. If they're on high alert, don't don't just back off, back off even further, leave for a little bit, and then try to come back, try to find them. Because if she's on high alert, any little noise, any little smell of something, just anything that she sees or doesn't like, she's going to be gone, and she's taking him with her. So, I mean, there's – there's, I mean, it's – I don't know. It's crazy once you get in there and start doing it. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been lucky. Um, the second year that I've done it, you know, the second year I went, it took me uh, 15 days. I shot um, my second biggest deer at 12 yards, quarter to me, coming right to me. Hmm. Um, I got with him with him and his doe. That, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other story, too, in itself. I mean, so we can – you got any more questions on me? I can keep going now <laughs> Okay,
1: I got several. I got uh, my first one is a, a very dumb question, but it's something I've always wondered. Uh When you know, when you get in there tight, let's say you're you know twenty yards, thirty yards from this buck or whatever, and you're you know waiting maybe two or three hours like you were talking about, uh, how do you like position your body? Because if it was me, like I know I would want to be on my knees so I'd be ready to shoot. But I know my legs would be falling asleep, and so it might be more comfortable to be, you know, sitting on your butt. But then you might not be able to shoot. So I've always wondered this with people who are sitting there waiting for hours, you know, so close to a deer where you can't move a lot. How do you position your body to where you can be, you know, somewhat relaxed but also be ready to shoot at a moment's notice?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's that's a big one. um Okay, so this, my twenty twenty deer. Let's go back to that. Um, so the next day I found him He was right there where I left him at pretty much. Um, it took me an hour and a half. I knew the wind was going to be picking up that day. So I kind of had to watch my shadow. That's another thing is when the sun was coming up early that morning, the, the terrace I was sneaking down, my shadow was casted out in front of where he was looking. Hmm. So like I had, to, I had to let the sun come up a little bit more to watch my shadow. So that's something else. I mean, there's just yeah. so much stuff you got to worry about. You wouldn't even think about ne- it
1: I was about, about to say,
0: never, never would have so, thought of that. <laughs> yeah, so – so it, it roughly took me an hour and a half to get, to get within 20 yards of him. And so I'm 20, 20, actually it was 25. So I'm 25 yards from him. And like, I, like you said, I like to shoot off my knees. I don't want I want to shoot off my knees. So I'm sitting on my knees and like, man, the, your legs go numb, start numb. So the best way I found to sit is kind of on my butt, but like leaning to my, I'm right handed. So I'll lean kind of to my left side with my leg kind of tucked back behind me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm kind of laying on my left side. Excuse me. My left side. So when he stands up, I can push off, and I'm already, I'm raised up. I'm already to my knees, pretty much. Gotcha. Well, my knees. That's how I found out. for me sitting there, because I I sat there for an hour and a half, two hours, pretty much, mm-hmm. waiting for him to stand up, and and uh, it was pretty rough. I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it was it was pretty rough. <laughs> no,
1: I just I can't imagine. I, I'm kind of a fidgeter to begin with, and so I I can't imagine trying to be that still for that long. Well, the, the wind helped me out. I,
0: I, I changed positions quite a bit. I mean I'm changing positions quite a bit just to be, just to try something different, you know, to see if it if it felt better. I had quite a bit of grass around me and the wind was blowing and where he was tucked at. I could see him pretty good. I could see his head pretty good. Um he wasn't really all there anyways. He was he was hurting pretty bad. So um when he stands up finally stands up, he gives me a quarter and away shot at twenty five yards and I actually I actually missed my first shot. Um, people probably wouldn't tell you that, but, yeah, I, I missed my first shot. And and for most people that know me know that I shoot my bow pretty much year-round. So, I mean, to miss it 25 yards, I mean, I couldn't tell you where my arrow went, honestly. Uh, I kind of stayed on my knees, like you said, shooting off your knees. And, and um, I'm guessing I shot through some grass and it deflected my arrow. But like I said, the wind was blowing, so he didn't hear anything. I just re-knocked an arrow, and then this time, when I pulled back, I stood all the way up. I didn't care if he seen me. I stood all the way up. Hmm. And uh, when I stood up, he kind of, he kind of seen that corner I kind of turned to me, look at me a little bit, but it was too late. Hmm. Um, and he ran, like, probably 80 yards, and he was done. I chased him once he took off Right, I took off after him because I wasn't – he was headed toward private, and I hmm. wanted to be able to see where he was headed.
2: Hmm. And
0: uh, – he didn't, of course, when he bolted out of there, it took me a second to get my wits, i mean, to take off. We got my arrows and I get, he runs up on like another little ridge and I get up there and I think you know, obviously I see he stopped and he's going down, so I just back off and he's back and let him do his thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, man, it's sometimes you can't be on your knees. You got to, you're going to have to just stay laying down. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. You're going to have to stay laying down. There's been some times when we've crawled in and we had to just lay on, we just laid on our stomachs with our bows in front of us and then just gonna have to raise up and shoot. I mean, it's just all we can do to stay that hidden. I mean, they, a lot of times, them big bucks, they'll have those does bedded in like short, cloud up fields or cut bean fields just cause they can see all them small bucks coming around them. Mm. And you're either gonna have to crawl down a fence line or if, if there's a ditch or anything that can give you just a little bit of cover, it's always looking for just a little bit of cover to break you up a little bit. Um, that's what, I mean, you just, I mean, You're going to crawl and you're going to have them goat heads sticking Mm -hmm. in your hands and your knees and stuff. I mean, you got to deal with all kinds of stuff. Um, another thing that I say is camouflage. What you wear is a big key to it as well. Um, you're in that tan grass. If you have camouflage on, just like your tree and stand hunting, Mm -hmm. it's dark. So, I mean, they're going to see a dark blob obviously. Mm -hmm. So I try to stay with like light colored, just like tan, solid colored pants. Um, Tan shirt stuff like that, like really light colored camo. Yeah, what I found works best for me is I wear the Sitka, um, their uh, duck hunting stuff. Gotcha.
2: Not their timber,
0: but not their timber, uh-huh. but like their um, their Marsh series. Yeah, that's what I wear, and it 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 gives me a mixture of camouflage, and that light color breaks me up in that in that um, grass. You really can you can disappear so easy in it.
1: Gotcha. That's a good idea. Never thought about wearing marsh camo out there, but, yeah, that's a real good idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had
1: deer come within, like,
0: 10 yards of me right beside me, and there's not even on there. They don't see me, but versus wearing something dark, they pick you, mm-hmm. off, pick you off really quick in, that, yeah. quick in that stuff.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. uh, you've mentioned decoys several times, and that's a fun one to talk mm-hmm. about, so I definitely want to talk about that. Um, are you using like a heads-up decoy where it's just the head? Do you have like a full-body one? What kind of decoy do you run,
0: man? Uh, so like I said from the start, we we got to watch the White Tail Journal and got mm-hmm. hooked on that, man. And, and if um, you guys haven't watched any of that, you guys need to go
2: mm-hmm.
0: buy some of their videos and watch them. It's it's action-packed. Um, but anyways, so they have a they have a decoy that they made that's um that's pretty much got fur on it. And like a real real head real head on it stuff so it was what me and my dad and a buddy did we we pretty much made a cut out kind of like they did but ours is a little bit different um and i i found some deer hide got some deer hide put on it and we we got an old mount and we cut all the foam out of it and mounted that on there with the face and stuff on there <laughs> and um made us a handle and it's it's pretty heavy it's probably not the ideal we, we have to go back and Reduction on that, and redo Mm -hmm. some stuff on it to make it a little little lighter because it's kind of like a two man a two man deal with that decoy. But no, that's that's what we use, and we take that in there and and like you know if it's super 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 windy and hot and the deer are not moving and stuff, we'll go we'll take that decoy into some places and do some rattling with it and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know the days because there's going to be some days that it's just like this past years, you know, eighty degrees and thirty forty mile an hour winds. we can go in places and do some rattling or something like that. Just kind of the to mix it mix it up a little bit after driving roads but but um yeah so the first year um we went out there using the decoy um there was this buck that we got to know and um this deer he was probably 180 i would say um i don't know why i say that is because we we talked to some guys that picked his shed up the year before last and um he was 170. He was 170 that year. If his mm-hmm. size matched and with a 16 inch spread, he was 170. Is what they told us. Mm-hmm. And they said he's bigger. He was bigger this year. Mm-hmm. So, so just going by that. So I chase this deer. This deer is pretty visible. My um, my buddy rattled him into me. Um, uh, you seen the video of that? Um, he comes in, about runs me over. And he just, as fast as he, he about hits me, he just does like a 180 on me and just is gone, you know, about his come so fast, so hard. So that was my first encounter with him. And then, uh, probably a couple of days later, it snowed, and we were watching this deer about a mile and a half away. He's got a doe, he's bedded on this flat, and he's, he's running a buck off. He's, he's real aggressive. This buck is super aggressive. So me and my buddy grab our decoy. This is our first time ever with a decoy. We get in, we sneak in, was able to get right in. When we pop up over the ridge, we're like 30 yards. So my buddy's holding a decoy in front of me. He pops up. Immediately I see the doe stand up. And the buck stood up too. The buck the buck kind of, he really didn't want to challenge it. I think we had our decoy too big.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: he didn't really want to challenge the decoy. Uh-huh. But the doe, the doe was interested. The doe came to us. And when the doe did that, That buck got very aggressive, puffed up. I'm talking snot coming out of his nose. And my buddy turned and looked at me and goes, he's coming. (laughs) You know, I can see it in his eyes. he, this My buddy could see this buck was coming to whoop our butts.
2: Mm -hmm. And he
0: comes in about 20 yards. I mean, full strut. I mean, just putting on a show. I pull back and I, I lean out. And he's kind of quartering two. I stick it right where I want it, let go and how i'm leaning out and i got like a small coat on my string flaps my sleeve Mm. and and uh, on the video you can see my arrow come out sideways and go i mean it's perfect but it went right over his back Mm. Mm. at 20 yards so i mean the the decoy is fun and you can get them to do it just finding that right buck you have to find that right buck i mean Mm. you may you may decoy 15 deer before you get one to come in there to try to fight you i mean it's all about that's why I go back to, it's all about watching the buck. What, what's he doing? What's he like? Is he aggressive, passive aggressive? Is he just wanting to keep his doe away from other buck? I mean, that's the big key is not re- being able to read your deer and yeah. know what he's doing, what, he, you know, how he's acting. So, I mean, you know, that, that was the first time we had a, one come to the decoy and it was, I'm telling you, man, I was shaking like crazy. Like he's going <laughs> to run us over. Mm-hmm. I mean, a tank of a deer Mm -hmm. and um i didn't end up being taking that deer um the last day i was able to sneak within um 32 yards and all i was in pretty much a bear a bear cow pasture and he was on the ridge below me And i could see the back of his neck and i watched him for about 45 minutes and i had a crosswind which was fine but the stood up below him which i couldn't see her i could just see him because he was below her I'm, I'm on the flat and they're mm-hmm. kind of on that heel she comes up to my left on the ridge to me and she she smells me and then he just instead of standing up he just bolts he does one of those bolts he mm-hmm. don't stand up or nothing you know so that was the last the last go around with him and, mm-hmm. and um, i went back the next year and i never seen that deer again so i don't know if he made it during rifle or not so mm-hmm. but but I mean even though I didn't kill a deer that was still a very successful year I mean so Mm -hmm. that's I mean I don't I don't have to kill a deer every year I I would like to but um, I'm pretty picky Um, I've been fortunate enough younger to take a lot of smaller deer you know younger so I have my set sights set kind of higher than maybe I'd say the average person Mm -hmm. just because I've, I've been lucky and been able to take some smaller deer when I was younger growing up with my dad so I'm picky. If I don't if I don't see just a big mature buck, then I'm not I'm not going to fill a tag just to fill a tag. That's kind of how I am. Yeah. Nice. in that area. But.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad to know that uh, somebody else has made a home homemade decoy like them. Uh, mine is not complete yet, but I have some hides in the freezer, and uh, I have definitely been planning mine out. It's so. I'm yes, save to, I'm,
0: save your save your hides. Yeah,
1: I'm glad I'm not the only uh, not the only crazy guy that's been trying to do that. So.
0: <laughs> man, I tell you on your on your decoy real quick, um see we we made ours kind of like um like the deers kind of walking sideways, you can see his mm-hmm. whole body- mm-hmm. um I don't think that's the best way to go I'll kind of figure <laughs> that out because how there's a set that bucks facing them coming to him, and yeah. it makes it buck look it makes it like he's challenging them
2: uh-huh.
0: My buck's kind of like it's it doesn't it don't look right i think I think <laughs> the more aggressive buck is gonna amp to run a to run a buck off um. If he's facing him like that, I think that's the key to their decoys that that hmm. buck is facing him, coming coming gotcha. at him. Yeah. You know, you know how I have my, I would I would try to mimic that exact their exact decoy is that like he's walking to to the buck and not you know trying to skirt around the side of him kind of like how ours is. We kind of hmm. we kind of made ours kind of to hide us a little better. Yeah. And I think that's when you got when you got an aggressive buck like that, they're really not focused on anything else but that deer, and you kind of get away with a little, a little bit more movement than usual. Hmm. Gotcha. So. Something to think about, something to think mm-hmm. about when you're building your decoy. Yeah. For
1: sure. Yeah, definitely. Good tip, good tip. Um, <clears throat> so I had on here, like, when would you not use a decoy? You've kind of covered that a little bit about, you know, reading the buck's body language and stuff. Um, yes. But, I, uh, like, when would you deploy? You know, let's say you're, you're in your truck, you see that buck, let's say he's, you know, a mile off or whatever. Um, you know, you're not just going to pop right out of your truck and pull your decoy up and start walking, I assume, you know, what's that range? Like when, when do you, when do you feel like you need to have your decoy up? When do you feel like you not need to, you know, not have it up? Like if you get to, let's say you get to 50 yards um, and you still feel like you can get closer, would you drop the decoy and go up without it? Talk about, you know, like basically when you would use it and when you would not use it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's been multiple times where we've had to decoy with this, and we just we've just dropped it because we're we're going to be able to get in and get a close shot without without having him pull him, to pull pull him to us. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing is if they're in that tall grass and you can't get that close, and you know that he's a pretty aggressive buck, that's when you can you can get into like forty or fifty yards and immediately pop that pop that decoy up. And and like you said, if you've watched him run bucks off, and you can tell that he's he's a mature old mature buck, he's going to come to you. That's when he can pop that decoy up, and he's going to get curious and be able to give you a shot. Um, I normally won't pop it unless I'm, you know, in that range. Every buck's going to have a range that's going to be that's going to piss them off. Hey, you're you're too close to my doe. You need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Every buck's going to be different. Some bucks going to be might be sixty yards depending on depending on how you know mature he is, and you know maybe closer than that sometimes. So, I mean, there's been multiple times where we snuck in, we popped our decoy up, not knowing, you know, not you know early figuring stuff out and it's a young deer and he'll just get up and he'll he'll just leave his doe, you know, cause I think we got our decoy made a little big mm-hmm. and it looks like a big mature buck. He'll just leave his doe and she'll just, she'll just stay there. Wa- she'll just watch us, look at us and just stay laying there. Mm-hmm. happened multiple times and we're just like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, we can, you know, we can figure out why is he, why is he leaving his doe? Well, mm-hmm. we, you know, we start putting, you know, going back, watching video and stuff. It's just a young deer.
2: Yeah. He
0: don't want any, He's had his butt whooped and he don't want any confrontation. You can have him going on, type of deal. So yeah, man, I don't I don't like to deploy unless I'm less, you know, I've been around 50 to 60 yards. Now, there's been times to where like I think they see us and then we'll pop that decoy and they try to they try to go somewhere. He's gonna try to do something. We'll we'll pop it up and if we know it's aggressive deer and they're starting like a buck kind of jumps and he's standing up and they're kind of looking at us, we'll pop the decoy up and just kind of. You know, we may leave it there and try to sneak around just to get attention off of us, mm-hmm. and they're just focused on the decoy. We may come around the side on him or something. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if I'm popping it up at 100 yards, it's because they've seen us or or they're up moving mm-hmm. and we're trying to get him to come to us, set away from us. That's the only time we really pop it up at 100 yards is, is basically just a, a decoy for us to get to move in closer
2: mm-hmm.
0: and not focus on us, focus just on the decoy. Mm-hmm. And then we've, we've multiple times, um, on the buck that my buddy missed when he hit the uh, Milo head, we had that We had started behind the decoy and we, we propped it up and left it and scootered around the side. And he was focused on the decoy and let us get within like 15 yards of him. Hmm. So, I mean, it all just depends on the situation, honestly, Like you know, but, but for the most part, I'm not going to pop it up unless I'm right there within 40 to 50
1: yards. Gotcha. Gotcha what would you be or what would you say your like preferred decoy size would be? i mean are you talking like a 120 rack uh you know smaller bigger you know where, where would you go with that
0: <laughs> yeah when we first started out we didn't think it was that big then like my dad's like our first stalk he was watching us going you know, to the spotting and scope and he's like i think he goes i wouldn't know if he's going to come in you know he watched that buck come in he was freaking out you know but he's mm-hmm. like he goes we need to make that decoy a little smaller. It looks like about a 140 out there, of course. <laughs> and like we made it, we made his body pretty big to kind of hide us a little bit right. better. So that's one one thing we messed up on. So he's got a big body, uh-huh. and um, I, I would say about like a 120, 115, somewhere mm-hmm. right in there. Smaller, yeah. smaller deer was what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit smaller body. And like I said, you know, once they're once they're coming in to fight you or whatever, they're, they're not focused on. You can get away with a little bit more movement. So your mm-hmm. decoy don't need to be that big.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what I
0: figured. That's what I figured out.
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard. Uh, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard somebody say um, that, uh, like, basically making your decoy look messed up can help. So, like, you know, breaking a tine off of it. Uh, you know, something like that. It's making it look like it's been beat up before, you know, like, and so it basically gives that other buck, the real buck confidence that he can come in and beat him up again. And so that's something for people to think about too.
0: Yeah. Um, I've, I don't know. I'm kind of hit and miss on that because if you get a, um, if you get a buck and that's just on the buck, I think too, but mm-hmm. if you get like a younger buck and you're sneaking in on him and you got a buck that's coming in, it's just, mm-hmm. that likes to fight. Yeah, and a lot of times that that buck will push the doe away. It won't come into you because he's not, you know, if he's not like a buck that likes to fight. Because there's some bucks that don't don't want any confrontation,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: those bucks those bucks that do, and you kind of got like a messed up rack or half rack. By gosh, you better be ready to shoot because they're going to be coming in <laughs> ready ready to whoop mm-hmm. you. I mean that's I mean you, you're right on that. You're right. You got a buck that's a younger buck that's broke up, had his butt whooped. Mm-hmm. He's going to come run you off because he knows he he that buck that bigger buck knows that. You're you're going to come try to take his dough. If he's going to, he's going to meet you. He's going to come meet you to show him show you that he's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, yeah, you're 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 definitely right on that yeah. for sure.
1: It's funny you bring that up because uh, another question just popped in my head. Let's say you're out there with your decoy, and uh you know maybe you didn't see him, or maybe you misjudged it from afar or whatever, and and you got like a nice three year old that maybe is a nice buck, but something you're not interested in shooting, or you know just wasn't as big. But let's say he's locked on your decoy and coming in. What do you do in that situation? I mean, have you ever, like, been afraid that he's going to come in? Or, you know, if you throw the decoy down and wave your arms, is he going to run off? Or have you ever had a situation like that?
0: No, I've had it. I've had a, a, something kind of like that. But he just kind of stayed, he kind of stayed a little away from us. Like he, he wasn't, he was unsure, but he didn't, he ended up just leaving his dough, dough, letting us have his dough. But, hmm. but, uh, for the most part when they come in like that they get they'll get to a certain point and then like that's when you need to stand up or, or drop your decoy and, and kind of you know holler at them because like i said when they're coming in like that they're focused on one thing like some movement's not going to bother them at all they're going to mm-hmm. think that you're trying you're, you're that buck. you're going to yeah. they're going to think it's like they get like it's like they get tunnel vision you know mm-hmm. and so i mean you're gonna have to be hey dear hey you know get out of here type of deal
2: yeah
0: and that's that's just what i've heard some other guys that I've talked to, the, you know, tell me as well they've had to do. And I, you know, there's, there's a lot of YouTube videos out there that people spot in the stocking and that I love watching. You know, mm-hmm. you learn from that too, watching YouTube videos and watching the whitetail journaling guys. Um, you can pick up on some of their mistakes and then that, it really does help you a lot in mm-hmm. the long run. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. I got uh kind of switching gears here. This is kind of more of a, a random question, but, uh, do you think, you know, it's, you know, you're going to a different state, whether it be, you know, whatever state it is, or maybe, maybe you live in eastern Oklahoma and you're going to western Oklahoma where you have the more, you know, wide open stuff. Um, do you think it helps you, uh, kill deer when you don't have a history with them? You know, if you're hunting your private place and, you know, you're running trail cameras and you know, you know, almost every buck there and, um you know some people get can get caught up in that and you know maybe try to play the patience game and letting the buck come to them and and maybe that causes them to make a mistake or you know hunting the same stand over and over again and deer getting onto your you know entry point or something you know if you're going to a different state like you're talking about or and doing spot and stock you know all that stuff goes out the window it's just you and most likely a deer that you've never seen before do you think it just kind of switches a different switch in your brain and like do you think that helps you be more successful
0: uh yeah I, I mean like i run trail cameras you know in oklahoma pretty much year round on stuff so like i said if you like you said if you know every deer on your property and you're hunt, hunting one deer and you know where he's going to be at i mean i think that can mess with your head you know this deer's coming out every day at daylight and you go hunting he's not he, he don't mm-hmm. show up i mean like he either he knows when you're in there or he knows how you're getting in there. He hears your truck. I mean, them, them suckers are smart. You got to do, if you got a deer patterned and stuff, and like, say you go in a certain way every time to feed, Mm -hmm. you put your, check your camera and then you're going to walk and do the exact same thing as Mm -hmm. you do when you check all that stuff. And in there, as you're going hunting, well, he knows you're in there all year. He knows you're coming in there. Mm -hmm. You need to do something totally different when you're getting in your stand, like, you know, come from a different area. Mm -hmm. That way you're not, they kind of mix stuff up. But when I'm out of state, it's, me versus deer that i've never even seen and like a lot of times i'm I'm going to places i've never even been to before this is the first time i'm going there and i'm covering a lot of ground i mean uh last year one day i drove 500 and something miles and i seen one shooter all day
2: mm-hmm. and that
0: was at seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> and he was bet he was bedded in a bean field that i yeah i couldn't even begin to even put a stock on him mm-hmm. a cut bean field so i mean you're going to have your days to where you're not going to see anything but i mean like i said I, I cover a lot, a lot, a lot of ground, and I, I got my areas where I'm seeing deer, and so I'm making my loops on those, those areas. I'm making my rounds. I'll spend it a little bit of time, but I'm making my rounds. It's eventually going to pay off. It may, like I said, it may take me, maybe my first day, or it may be my 20th day before I can get a shot at one. But, it, I mean, if I keep my persistence up and I keep my nose to the ground, I'm going to get a shot. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna see the deer. It's just a. It's all up to me to make it happen. Whereas if you're just waiting in a stand, you're you're waiting. They have to come by you. I mean, mm-hmm. if they don't come down this trail, you're not gonna see a deer. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of writing my own check when I'm up there doing that. For me, it seems like yeah. and it's all up to me. I'm gonna see the. De- I'm gonna see the deer. Now they gotta be in the right spot, but I'm gonna eventually find some deer that are gonna be where I can get on them. It's just it's up to me to get there yeah. and to get it done. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think um it does help going out of state something different um spotting and stalking like that i think it's it's not easy i'm not going to say that it is easy Mm -hmm. yeah i've been been lucky lord's blessed me Mm -hmm. my whole life being able to kill deer and my dad i've had a you know dad teaching me to hunt since i was five years old so i mean that's a big key to um a big advantage for me i think but you got to have some luck man you got to have luck but like you said i think I think out of state or even out west in Oklahoma, somewhere different. I have no history with the deer. I'm not looking for a specific type, you know, specific deer. I see a buck that I like, and that's the one I'm going to go after if, it, if it's a big, mature buck. And and uh, I know we talked earlier. He um, sent me some stuff. Uh, another thing, like if I see a deer, how long will I how long will I wait on that deer if I see a deer and come back to that deer? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I've seen a deer last year. He was probably, he was probably like a 170s frame on his left side, 10 point. His right side, he had a, about a 10 inch eye guard. And then he had like a, uh, about a, a 12 inch club coming straight up <laughs> like a spike, another unicorn, but it was about as big around as a, not quite a, not about a, like a, probably a pool ball, that big mm-hmm. around. And, uh. I tried to stalk in on this deer and I got pretty, I got within about 70 yards. Um, he was in laying in a cut bean field and I was able to get pretty close to him, but just didn't have a shot that I wanted to take. And I just got dark on me and I, I drove back every day trying to find that deer, you know, for like the last four, next four days that I was there before I killed this other deer. I, I drove by there every day trying to see if I could spot him or see them. Cause they're in a pretty big piece of public. And I even did some walking, not in the middle of this stuff, because you can't, you can't see it from any roads. So I did some walking trying to find this deer. Um, so if I see a deer that I'm after, I'm going to spend some time in the area, because I know he's going to be in the area. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody unless somebody bumped him and they run a country mile, you probably won't see him again. But if you don't mess with him and you don't get spooked, more likely they're going to be pretty close. And um, i never seen that deer again though. But for that piece of public, though, I, I – um, there was two other shooters on there that I almost got a shot at. They just they outsmarted me. Mm-hmm. But I try to stay in that same area, man. If there's big deer in that area, they're on that piece of public, there's, there's going to be some more coming through. They're looking for does. Are they going to bring their does there just because it's secluded from other small bucks? So I, I make my rounds, man. Like I won't, if they're not there right off the bat, I don't see them off the bat. I won't stay there though. I'm not going to kill all the time there. I'm going to go look for another deer. Because mm-hmm. I mean, during the rut you're seeing, you're you're seeing tons of deer. Mm-hmm. Tons of different bucks, so I mean, I don't really harp on one deer. Like if I see a big buck, okay. If I don't, if I don't get on him, and he runs on some private, I'm um, I'll I'll leave and go to find another deer. And then like the next day or the day after, I may come back and look through see if he's on there. But I really don't stay just hooked on one deer at all times. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think that'd be hard for me. Is uh, you know, if I see a good buck. <laughs> it'd be real hard for me to go somewhere else the next day you know if, if i came back and didn't see him it'd be real hard for me to to leave that deer to go find another one but but that's the crazy it part is, about it. it i mean that's there's more to mm-hmm. find you know
0: oh yeah i mean there's so much there, i mean there's so much land to look at you're just not even you're not even gonna be able to touch half of it mm-hmm. and like if you just harp on this one deer you're gonna waste a full day you know and there could be another one another one 60 70 down the road or one even bigger right down the road you're not even seeing mm-hmm. you know and and I see a lot of big deer on private, and I don't even stop and look at them. I just I ain't even stop and waste my time on. Them. I can't hunt them, so why am I gonna sit there? Mm-hmm. Especially if there, especially if there's public nowhere near there, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna stop and look. I'm just I'm trying to get to the next piece of public to you know scout and look and see you know. So it's it's hard just to stay on one deer for me. It's yeah. just, there's there's just too many big deer in the whole state. I mean you mm-hmm. can see something bigger right down the road.
2: Yep.
1: Yep, you're really uh, making me kick myself for not getting my getting my Kansas tag this year. <laughs> I talked myself out of it, and I shouldn't have.
0: So. Man, it's another thing that, that people don't really talk about is is being able. You got to start saving your money because if you're going to spot in a stock, you're going to burn a lot of gas mm. Mm. and motels and stuff. I mean, it, it the price does add up. It's not cheap. Um, I save up year round, so that's just another thing is just try to save up because you're going to spend some to do it right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, you got a cup of ground, you got a cup of ground and you're going to burn some gas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's another thing. People don't talk about that, but yeah. it's, you got to have to start saving some money to do that. Mm-hmm. That's a it, very good point. I mean, it's point. frustrating, man. It, it's frustrating. I get frustrated at times. I'm I'll be lying. If I said I didn't, then mm-hmm. like, man, I should just go sit in this tree. I'm not going to kill one because I see a big buck. I see in the big buck underneath that tree three days in a row,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, but that's just something that I've set in my head to go that I want to do. I want to, I want to try. I killed a bunch out of a tree. I want now, I want to try on the ground, face to face with them. And that's, that's like, I want to see if I can beat them at their own game. I like so that's, it. That's, that's, that's my passion now. I mean, it's, it would be hard for me to get back in a tree stand, honestly. Like in Oklahoma, I'll hunt in a tree, but, but for the most part, I, I don't, uh, when I'm out of state, I don't get in a tree. Yeah.
1: Well, we're right at an hour right now, and I feel like we're at a pretty good natural stopping point, so probably going to shut this down. But before we do, uh, Josh, you want to tell everybody, um, you know, where they can find you, social media, and all that good stuff?
0: Yeah, I think um, I think my Instagram is Joshua Randall Twenty on Instagram, and um, I have a page called Defy Outdoors on Instagram, and a YouTube. All my YouTube stuff is on Defy Outdoors on YouTube. Um, we got some stuff up I haven't got uh, around to making all my stuff. I, I'm trying to get, a, a pretty good, um, build up of video before I start putting stuff out there, but mm-hmm. we got, we do have some, some, uh, good videos on there. To mm-hmm. Go watch. But, uh, yeah, just give us a follow the outdoors and, uh, Joshua Randall 20 on Instagram.
1: Awesome. Well, keep me posted and, uh, maybe I can make an announcement for you when you do get all your, all your videos up there. So. All right, hey, man. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. And, uh, I really appreciate. Uh, excuse me. I really appreciate you coming on today.
0: Yeah, man. I had a blast. I'm glad you uh, reached out to me, man. It
1: was, I love talking. Good, good. All right, man. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, John. See you. And there we have it. I told you guys at the beginning, this was a good one, and it was. Uh, huge shout out to Josh for coming on and. And just sharing his experiences with us. We may have to have him on again and just for a straight story podcast. As you can tell, he had plenty of stories to go along with these lessons. And so, yeah, huge shout out to him. And, you know, I think one of the things that makes Whitetail so cool is, you know, not only just do they live in so many different places and so many different terrains. But uh, there's so many different ways to go after them and to hunt them, and that's what makes them so fun. And so, boy, this makes me want to jump out of my tree stand and get down on the ground with these suckers and and get aggressive with them like Josh has been doing. I, uh, I am kicking myself for not going ahead to get my Kansas tag this year like I was planning to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, just life throws you a curve sometimes, and so I'll get up there someday. But, again, huge shout-out to Josh. Please check out his social media pages. I promise you, you won't forget it. And that is going to do it for this week, guys. And so until next time, keep listening, hit us up on social media, and have a fantastic week. Talk to you guys later.